0: Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church.
1: No matter where you are on life's journey. No matter what you believe or doubt. No matter how much or how little you have.
0: No matter your race, gender, or immigration status.
1: And no matter whom you love. You are beloved, belong, and are welcome.
0: We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth,
2: God God doesn't. doesn't. So, friends, welcome. Good morning. And welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. Oh, my goodness. We're awake now. (laughs) My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed to serve this church, and
0: this is... My name is
2: Carrie Dollins,
0: and I will be the lay liturgist for today.
2: And we are so thrilled to have you all here with us on this Thanksgiving Sunday. Let's take a moment to welcome the people who are worshiping with us online as well. Welcome, friends. It's good to be together. I invite you to fill out the Connect card. It's a QR code in your bulletin, and there may even be some real ones in the pews as well. And you can do that online if you would. And uh, especially if you have a prayer request, that's a good way to let me know that you'd like me to hold something in prayer this week. And now, if you would, stand in body or spirit for the call to worship.
0: Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, rejoice.
2: Today we choose to rejoice. Today we choose to worship and give thanks.
0: Seek the peace of God that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.
2: Today we choose God's peace. Today we place our trust in God.
0: Turn your hearts away from the distractions and disappointments of life that always flow in and flow out like the tide.
2: Today we come to worship God and to find whatever is commendable.
0: So be it, let us worship.
2: And now my friends, in this Native American Awareness Month, we want to remember the land on which this church has been uh, founded. It was originally land that belonged to the Coast Salish peoples. And we give thanks for them, for their rich history, for their culture, and for all the ways that we can find to connect. Let us share the peace of Christ one with another by signs that are comfortable to you and to your partner. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. to invite the young folks in the congregation to come up and be seated here on the floor in front. You get the B team this morning because uh, (laughs) Karen Johnson, our direct, sit right down over here, our director of children, family, and youth ministries is at Camp Indianola with the youth on retreat this weekend. So thanks for being brave enough to come up. I appreciate it. So, what is happening this week? Anybody know? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's right. On Thursday. And yes. And why do you think we have Thanksgiving? What's the whole point? What do you think, Olive? To be thankful, okay? What else? It's the name of the day, right? What else? It's helpful. To be helpful. Is it, is it helpful to be thankful? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what makes it helpful to be thankful, do you think? If it cut it, it, you do something wrong, you should help them, it, you help, them, help them. OK, yes, yes. Sometimes when we are thankful, it makes it easier to be helpful, too, doesn't it? So what are some things that you are thankful for? Thank you for God. Thank you for God. Yeah, that's kind of a major one, isn't it? What else are you thankful for? What do you think? My birthday. When's your birthday? March 19th. March 19th, mark that down. (laughs) We're gonna remember that. What are you thankful for? Your parents. People who love you and care for you. Christmas is far away. Oh, if only. Well, I brought with me today something that was made in Sunday school. Some of you made these a few weeks ago. They're turkeys, obviously, and each feather says one thing that you're thankful for. And I'm not gonna embarrass the person who made this, but it's very beautiful, I will say, and it's very wise because some of the things that this person is thankful for is their basic needs being met. That would be things like food and shelter and clothing, right? They're also thankful for PE. I gotta say, it is fabulous to be thankful for bodies that can move, especially ones that can sit down and get back up again. (laughs) This person is also thankful for heaven. That's a good thing. And for people, it would be terrible to be here all by ourselves, wouldn't it? And for the earth, which provides us our home, and for weekends. (laughs) That's a great one, isn't it? Because we all need time to relax and to play and to rest as it's well. Right it's a weekend right now. That's right. And it's great to be able to be together in this place. Well, you know what, sometimes it's easy to give thanks, isn't it? Today I'm having a free with my tea Excellent. Well, sometimes it's easy to give thanks when things are going really well, and you're happy, and you have all these things that you're grateful for. But what about those other times? What about when you're sad? We're talking Christmas here. That's good. That's good. Hang on to that. What about when you're hurt? Is it easy to give thanks when you're hurt? No. no. Or when you're sad? No. Well, you know what? The Bible suggests that that's the very best time to give thanks. That makes, it seems a little funny, doesn't it? But if we can, even when we're hurting or sad, find some of these reasons to be grateful and think about those. Sometimes the hurt goes away, or at least it gets a little less. Let's pray together. If you'd repeat after me, Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you, thank you for all the ways that we know your love. That we know your love. Help us, Help us. To, say thank you. to say thank you. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Hey, guess what? I have another reason to be thankful. We have some fabulous volunteers that are ready for you for Sunday school. And I believe go first to the chapel. So head on out there. Well now I have another reason to be thankful for Jason and the triumphant return of the bells. I'd like to make a brief introduction to the scripture which Floyd will read for us this morning. It comes from the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Now, this letter was written by Paul during his imprisonment in Rome, probably sometime around the year 61 Common Era. It is obviously addressed to people with whom Paul felt a great kinship. The church in Philippi was one of the first churches which Paul established, and it was also one that he really wanted to encourage. The passage we will hear read today is often used for Thanksgiving Sunday because of its emphasis on joy and rejoicing. It begins with Paul doubly emphasizing that necessity of rejoicing. Given his relationship with the Philippians, that's not very surprising, but remembering that Paul is in prison at the time the letter is written, That tells us that he understands joy to be neither superficial nor short-lived. He is exhorting the Philippians and all of us to a kind of joy for the long haul, which is anchored in our relationship with God. He goes on then to emphasize gentleness, no worrying, prayer, and thanksgiving. Finally, we are told to think about things that lift up virtues. Things that are true and honorable, just and pure, pleasing, worthy of praise. Now this is not suggesting some sort of dreamy meditation, but rather an intentional inventory of reasons to give thanks. And the piece which Paul promotes It's not merely an individual experience, but it is one which is gifted to an authentic community. It's not some optional add-on, but is an essential part of what it means to be a faith community. Let's listen now as Floyd reads the scripture for us.
1: Step number one is get to the pulpit without falling down. It's a gift. Good morning, church. My name is Floyd Barker. The scripture reading is from, as you've already heard, but memories are are hard this time of day, is from the book of Philippians. Chapter 4, verses 4 to 9 of the Common English Bible Version. Please rise (laughs) in whatever means you found meaningful to stand. Be glad in the Lord, be glad in the Lord, always. Again I say, be glad, let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent, if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things, all that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us, the peace of God will be with you. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation.
2: be seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ, who calls us into community this day. DIY. Do it yourself. It's all the craze these days. Google DIY. And immediately, you are invited into dozens of internet sites, from Pinterest to Magnolia Market, from HGTV to Reddit to Home Depot, and on and on. It seems everybody wants to do it yourself. Well, I will never forget one of my own particular DIY projects which did not turn out exactly as I had planned. You see, it was Holy Week of the first year that I served as a district superintendent, and I was sort of at a loss, not knowing what to do with myself. Greg, you can remember this. You all know how busy Holy Week is for local church pastors, but for superintendents, it is very different. There are no multiple worship services to plan, no high-impact sermons to write. Everybody in the district is busy being holy. And nobody wants to talk to the superintendent that week. So, of course, it seemed like the perfect time to do a little bit of home improvement. There was this small bathroom with hideous wallpaper, something the former owners apparently thought was lovely, but which I hated. So off I went to Home Depot because they told me in all their advertising genius, you can do it, we can help. I picked up a product that sounded easy enough to use, Just paint it onto the wallpaper and it would magically release. (laughs) So that I could then just peel it off and be ready to paint. Maundy Thursday. It all started off well enough. I brushed the stuff on the wallpaper and then I went to have a cup of tea while it did its work. I came back a bit later and began to peel what I thought was the wallpaper, only to discover that wallpaper had been glued directly onto the sheetrock. Which, of course, came away in great irregular chunks, leaving a huge mess in its wake. Now, about this time, my oldest daughter, Sarah, who was 17 years wise, strolled into the bathroom, took one look, and said, Mom, don't believe Home Depot. You can't do it. And they obviously can't help. Well, perhaps it was only a coincidence that Home Depot, soon after that, changed their slogan, you can do it, we can help, became let's do this. Well, my friends, it seems that I came to my naivete and my home improvement ineffectiveness honestly. You see, my father was a brilliant man in many ways, but he lacked that fix-it gene he always thought he should possess. It didn't matter if it was a plumbing problem or a heating headache, Dad would usually try to fix it himself and would end up making a bigger problem. Every time he would get to the end of his rope, frustration would wear him out and he would cry out to my mom, just call somebody. (laughs) Well, thinking about my own wallpaper wallowing, Maybe I am a part of the reason that Home Depot moved on from let's do it to their current slogan, how doers get more done. (laughs) You see, not all of us are cut out to be home improvement doers. Some of us might be better motivated, certainly more supported, by my father's long ago slogan, just call somebody. (laughs) Which brings me at long last to the Apostle Paul and his letter to the Philippians. Now Paul is no stranger to hard times, for himself or for this community to which he writes. He is after all sitting in a Roman prison at the time of its writing, not knowing whether he will live or die because of his faith. Paul has plenty of reasons to be anxious, to be worried, to be fearful. And the Philippians community is facing similar threats to their safety and prosperity. I think Paul knows what many of you figured out long ago that it's not possible to pull off not worrying all by yourself. No matter how hard you try to convince yourself, I can do this. The truth is, in the face of our own anxieties and worries and fears, we would all be better off to just call somebody particularly if that somebody is found in this community, particularly if that somebody points us to God. Well, hard though it may be to believe, it is almost Thanksgiving. You can tell by the nip in the air and the leaves on the ground. You might be tipped off by the cornucopia on the altar Or maybe you figured it out when you saw the Christmas decorations (laughs) going up all over town. In any event, it is a time for us to give thanks, to rejoice. And as Paul reminds us, where we place our attention, the things we focus on to a large extent determine our ability to give thanks. Paul puts it this way, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. In other words, whatever is commendable. So Paul tells us, but you and I both know that's not always the easiest thing to do, even in the church. Maybe especially in the church, where we can get to know each other beyond the superficial facade. Here, we get to know who can sing like an angel, and who should probably confine their singing to the shower. Here, we can acknowledge the irritating habits, the little missteps we all take, our faults and our foibles, as well as our shining moments. Here, we have ample opportunity to notice and to pay attention to the things that are distressing, fear-inducing, even wounding in the world around us. And, My friends, here there is also so much that is excellent, worthy of praise, commendable. I'm reminded of the old story, which I know you've all heard, about the grandfather teaching his grandson, and he says, in life, there are two wolves inside each of us, which are always battling each other. One is a good wolf, which represents things like kindness, bravery, and love. The other is a bad wolf, which represents things like greed, hatred, and fear. Well, the grandson thinks about this for a second and then asks grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather replies, the one you feed When Paul tells us to rejoice and to not worry about anything, he isn't suggesting we embrace some kind of hallmark sentimentality. Too often the church has been confused by that and has been used as a hiding place where we pretend everything is just fine with ourselves and with the world. Yet from its earliest beginnings with Jesus' first followers, church is meant to be the place where we confront rather than escape the wolves we do not want to feed. It is the place where we can encourage and support each other in feeding those other wolves, in paying attention to whatever is commendable. Holly Hughes has written a poem which speaks to me as I prepare for Thanksgiving this year. It goes like this. Sunrise at the octagonal hut. Beyond where two decks meet, a lizard does push-ups in the sun. I see the green chattering world through the window. I see my image reflected in the window. Both are present, are both true. A bee enters the hut, buzzes insistently against the window, but the window won't yield to its wishes. I want to show him the open door, to say the world through the glass is just an illusion. But I don't. How long will that bee hurl himself against the dusty glass, how long will we believe we are not free? When all we can see are the problems we face, when all we can hear are our own complaints, when all we pay attention to are our own insecurities, there is no room for thanksgiving. So I ask again, how long, my friends, how long will we hurl ourselves against an illusion, believing we are not free? Perhaps only as long as we refuse to just call on God's grace, forgiveness, and love. For that is what is most commendable of all. So rejoice, my friends. Again I say, rejoice. Amen. As we come to God in a time of prayer, I would invite you to take a look at the prayer requests listed in the bulletin. We'll spend a few moments in silence for you to lift these persons and situations and those closest to your own hearts this day. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we enter into this Thanksgiving week with gratitude, for we do not really know about running and hiding. We do not have any real sense ourselves of being under assault. We live privileged, mostly safe lives. Nevertheless the fear and the anxiety live close beneath the surface. Enemies we cannot see. Old threats lingering unresolved from childhood. Old wounds festering resentment from who knows where. Wild fears in the night which we cannot talk ourselves out of. So we line out our imperative petitions, frantic or at least anxious, fearful or at least bewildered. We turn to you, only you God, in the midst of our anxieties. With you, confidence builds and glimpses of well being remind us what is possible. We pray to create a world that is grateful, not because we believe our own words, but because we believe you and your presence with us, your powerful, bold, reliable presence, which looms large larger than fear, larger than anxiety, larger even than unutterable grief. Your presence, God, is large enough, and in our small vulnerability, we give you thanks. In the name of the one who is present with us even now, your Christ, we pray as he taught us. and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.
0: I invite us now into a time of giving. We offer several ways to give. Please use whatever method works best for you. The ushers will pass the offering plates here in the sanctuary. You can also give through our website at www.edmondsumc.org slash give or by mailing a check to the Edmonds United Methodist Church at 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington 98020. Let us be generous as God has been generous to us. the blessings of this day and all of our days we thank you gracious God please accept not only this money but also our lives freely offered in gratitude for all that you have done for us use them both in this place and wherever you might take us in Jesus name we pray amen
2: a lot going on in the life of this church, and I want to highlight a number of announcements. First of all, today, following coffee hour, or if you don't drink coffee, fellowship time, um, we're going to invite you to come right back in here for a special all-church conference to adopt the six priorities for our strategic planning uh, for the next five years. And many of you were present last Saturday at the strategic planning retreat, so you had a hand in drafting these priorities and also in saying that you wanted to work on one of them. So following the vote, you'll be given the opportunity to organize your teams and I'll give you information about that uh, during the uh, All Church Conference. I'm wondering if Reverend uh, Cruz is here. No, Edwin Cruz, I don't see him. Um, I think I may have made a mistake in telling him noon, uh, which is gonna mean, you know, like we hang out a really long time. So what we will do is we will start the church conference as soon as he arrives. And if it's going too long, we'll switch it over to being just a regular all church meeting. And we won't worry too much about it being uh, led by another elder. Okay, so we'll, we'll hope that he's on his way. Um, Also, you'll notice in the narthex, two barrels have appeared this morning. One is for you if you would like to donate twin sheets or blankets for Mary's Place, which help uh, shelter folks throughout Seattle. You can find that out there. And also the Toy Shop barrel, if you'd like to bring a new unwrapped toy uh, to help uh, families through our food bank ministry. Uh, at Christmas. You're welcome to do that as well. And um, speaking of Christmas, we do have a Christmas bazaar coming up, thanks to the United Women in Faith, December 1st and 2nd. There's information in the bulletin about that. And there will be another charge conference, a real all-church conference, kind of the usual annual meeting, on Saturday, December 2nd. And you can find out more information about that in upcoming e-news and bulletins. Um, Next Sunday, plan to stay after worship to help us decorate uh, the sanctuary. Because I got to tell you, Sailor is ready for Christmas. (laughs) And we need to get our house ready here. Uh, So if you can stay and, and help with that, that would be greatly appreciated. And I think that does it for announcements. Please be sure to read all of the detail in the back of the bulletin. And let us stand for the closing hymn. Now, my friends, let us go out to be God's people in all God's world. Let us go out to give thanks in all that we see, do, hear, speak, in all that we experience. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, rejoice. And may the peace of Christ fill us all. Amen. Thank you.